Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. we explore the concept of course correction and how seeming spanners in the works may actually be guiding you back on track. We reco a must read and a must watch and Jordana guesses the natal chart of, how do I put this, a self-proclaimed king with a very exotic name. We wrap up the app deciphering a listener's dream. <laughs> Joe Exotic. I can't oh. wait. I've been thinking about this for a full 24 hours since you picked him. And I've got so many ideas, but there's too many of them to fit three placements. So we shall wait and see. I did note take basically all of his placements because I thought it'd be an interesting conversation. Oh, did you? Okay, cool. I also had a look at Carol Baskins because I felt like that was just a natural I can't believe either of their charts are online. Yeah. Yeah, it took a bit of hunting. It was actually a suggestion by our gal, Jess Silsby. She ah. messaged me, like, you guys do Tiger King? And I was like, genius. Amazing. I actually thought of a few celebrities on my walk today because I always, I actually struggle when it comes to picking a celebrity, but mostly because you don't know as many people as one would <laughs> think you would. I know. <laughs> where I know everybody. You're so easy to pick for, Jord. I literally will just go on the Astro page and be like, yep, that one will do this week. <laughs> I'm like, with you, I'm like, no, nah, hasn't seen that show. No, nah, hasn't watched that movie. No. Nah. But let's be real, like my track record lately, even if I do know them, I'm not really getting it. So you might as well just throw someone random in just for the pops. <laughs> Thanks for great listening. So funny. I'd love to know what the track record of listeners is, like when they listen and guess. Well, that's what we've been doing in the middle membership on our wine nights when we have our guests. We've been playing live Guess That Celebrity Natal Chart with our guests and some of the listeners are getting on it, like, pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, considering they don't really know the person and they've just been in conversation with them for, you know, half an hour. It's pretty pretty, pretty cool. Good. We're also easy to read, guys. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, if, if people who you've never met before can guess aspects of your natal chart within a half hour conversation like that's that's full-on are we that transparent well that's interesting isn't it because I feel like on most initial meetings I could probably guess someone's probably not their moon but I could definitely guess their rising and maybe their sun yeah is do you think it's an uh, it's an intuitive ability and the more in touch with your intuition you are or do you think it's just a a guess work piece uh, I, to be honest with you, like, I can't speak for you or anybody else, but I think for me, I just know the signs so intricately that I just can, rec- I just recognize them. It's a recognition. That's exactly what it is. 
bang on. And I feel like, guys, if you want to, like, hone in your skills, the best thing to do is actually watch all of the star sign parodies that we're constantly sharing and laughing about because they're actually on point. They're, they're, we've had this conversation, Jord, wildly not what we were going to talk about today, but this is pretty interesting, that when you're looking at the Benny drama or those sorts of over-the-top expressions of the star signs, what they're doing is they're often expressing the sign at its worst. So the sign where, you know, they're not really necessarily in the work or ego has kind of run wild. Yeah, I think I think maybe better word than worst is like the sign when it's imbalanced. So it's like yes. the the there's not a, there's not like an even balance between the shadow and the light qualities of the sign. It's like all of the shadow qualities. Yeah. <laughs> we can laugh at it because it's like, yeah, that is definitely me on a bad day <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and um I think that's something to recognize when you know Holly and I are saying oh Scorpios or oh Capricorns it's like it's like the worst of the worst traits of those signs not a balanced beautiful totally totally I know I felt a little bad because I was listening back to the potty from last week and I'm like god I gave some caps and sages some shit last week last week Holly you do it every single week and every single week I have to be like no no we no she doesn't mean it like that and it's so weird isn't it because I'm the Libra moon it's like what's going on here um but it's never it's always in jest and it's always because I don't really mean anything bad by it guys also, I have three Capricorn placements. Like, I'm the worst. Yeah, but honey, your Capricorn placements are not anything that's of of mass importance to your personality. And so that's where I think it's offensive. Yeah, right. right? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Look, I have like two Capricorn friends and they're great. <laughs> Guys, I'm stirring. This is my self-deprecating humor, but it's not self-deprecating. It's at your expense. And I'm so sorry. Exactly. There's nothing self-deprecating about it. There's other deprecating. <laughs> okay, let's like quickly and swiftly move along from this conversation because the hole is getting bigger and wider and I can't get my way out of this. Jord, congratulations, you've handed in your book. <laughs> I I feel like that was a nice thing to say to me, but I also think it was a way of deflecting. But sure, yes, I have handed in my book. <laughs> How are you feeling? Um... Honestly, I feel great. I am so exhausted. Like middle members, I'm so sorry. We had to cancel wine night this week because I yeah. just couldn't get my shit together. Um, I'm I'm so good. I feel like it's funny. I, I said this to you this week, Hol. Um, I have been through ISO. I've been binge watching for a second time eight mm. seasons of the vampire diaries mm. i watched it i first binged it in 2017 when the last season aired and i was just like whoa and then a few weeks ago i was like i wonder if i could watch that show again i really loved it anyway i did and i felt deep and i forgot certain bits and like my whole life went on this supernatural journey it's all about vampires and werewolves and witches and all this sort of stuff wow And this week, as I felt like wildly depleted and like just completely spent, but in a good way, but also just like I need to sleep for a thousand years, I kind of got lost in the supernatural world. And I was like, oh, I kind of feel like a witch that's done like (laughs) this massive, massive spell. And now she's got nothing left in her. And she just has to sleep for a thousand years until Prince Charming kisses her and wakes her up. So speaking of Prince Charming, George, your dating ban has lifted. Restrictions are easing, at least in Australia. 
So Prince Charming could be just around the corner. Yeah, I mean, he could be, right? I. <laughs> it's funny, I, I do wonder where I will meet Prince Charming. And I don't actually mean Prince Charming because I don't need a knight to save me. But I, I, I do wonder where I'm going to meet him in Byron because it's such a transient town. Mm. And it's sort of like you either meet someone who works for themselves from their laptop in a cafe when cafes open again. Or, you know, like you, you can't kind of meet them at a work event or like. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's a funny, it's a funny, it's, it's funny up here. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's like, it's, it's different to dating in a city. Mm. But what we were were having this conversation, Jordan, you made such a valid point around there are likely going to be a lot more people working from cafes on their laptops Mm. when we come out the other side of this because obviously there have been some opportunities for more working from home or digital nomad type lifestyles. So that level of course correction could have actually been setting your love story in motion, you know, off the back of something that has seemed to be, well, has been incredibly tumultuous. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I've thought about that in a lot of different respects, but but love's a really good example or like the relationship is a really good example. It's like, you know, you've plotted along and you know, you've been missing each other's paths for a series of time. I always think that's so funny, especially with soulmates. It's like, you know, your whole life you feel alone until you meet them, say. But yeah. you've both existed in your own lives at the same time, just not in each other's vibrational field. Yeah. And that, I don't know, that brings me so much joy whenever I think about it. But yeah. in terms of the context of this conversation, it's sort of like whatever path we were both on, because of this, perhaps it's now sort of being course corrected to get our paths closer together. Yeah, it's like this had to happen to bring you guys into each other's fields. Yeah, and that's not to say that the point of the pandemic was to let me meet my soulmate. It's <laughs> not what I'm saying at all. <laughs> well, I mean, this whole conversation, because we do want to talk about course correction, isn't to discredit the, you know, severity in a lot of people's lives when it comes to the loss of jobs, livelihood, stresses, all of those things. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they're warranted and it's it's full on. But there are some moments where we can look at maybe seemingly stressful times with a little bit of a... Oh, is this a course correction? Is this pointing me more into an alignment of my true north? And you and I both have a number of examples, George, of moments in our lives that have felt quite tumultuous and there's been that level of upheaval that have actually, in hindsight, had to unfold the way they did to point us back on our path. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of yours? The biggest one that comes to mind for me is being made redundant from a job uh, when I was working corporate. So five years ago, six years ago now, lived a very different life, Jordan. We've spoken briefly about it on the podcast, but I was working in corporate job. I was really unhappy uh, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I stayed in that job, even though I was getting the intuitive niggles to leave, do something else, maybe do a course, all of these different things. Then my body started to send me signs. I was getting more fatigued. I was feeling more anxious. I was. It got to the point, George, where I was crying to and from work on the bus and then pulling myself together in the city and I still didn't do anything to leave. Isn't that crazy? It's like 
uh, I mean, I know you've been there too, where you talk yourself into why you should stay, even though everything is telling you to go. And this might not be in a job, it could be in a relationship. But my excuses were, well, not everyone loves their job. And who am I to find a job that lights me up? And uh, this is stable money. I like my team. I'm good at it. So I should just suck it up. And it's almost like universe went, oh, she's not getting the hint here. Let's make her redundant at Christmas time with this big Europe trip coming up where she has no source of income to make the message clear. And it's because of that redundancy that I'm here today doing the work that I'm doing in the world and have never felt more alive or aligned. But I mean, at the time it felt like a huge rock bottom, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I think like if we kind of look at a mass collective and the course correction of the collective, hopefully and I don't want to be too utopian with my thoughts on it but you know hopefully that we can see what perhaps we didn't need that we thought was absolutely necessary for our survival and perhaps we can see that we can simplify our lives and we can um survive on less and you know we don't need to be traveling as much and we don't need to be eating out as much and we don't need to be doing all these things, you know, that um, we kind of did in mass consumption without any thought. Yes. So I'm kind of hoping that there has been a course correction on a global scale. Um, yes. I don't think that's too, yeah, utopian of me to think that. No. But I also do believe that within each one of our lives, what, whether it's something huge like losing your job or losing a relationship or whether it's just going, oh, hey, you know what? I'm actually okay when I'm on my own at home. I don't need to be out trying to prove myself to people all the time. Or, yeah, yeah perhaps I do work better from home when I don't have someone breathing down my neck or, you know what I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. There's been these tiny or massive course corrections and a way, and it's not a way of like, only finding the light in the situation and like let's just you know bring positive vibes to everything it's like well what what can you do with this what can you make of this absolutely it's interesting Jord I was having this conversation with a girlfriend last night and we were talking about all of the kind of like the silver linings from this entire experience and uh, she made a comment about how because a lot well most of us don't have travel booked in and big things to kind of, and I'm putting this inverted commas, look forward to or living for those moments, it's course corrected us back into a moment of being in the present that often we struggle with because it's constantly, I've got this thing coming up and this thing and living for the the future. Yeah. But this has at a mass scale brought us right back into present moment without feeling any kind of level of force or resistance to it because we've had no other option. Mm. It's really interesting. Yeah, How so about you, Jord? Like, what's been a moment in your life where you've been course corrected and gone, whoa? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I've probably spoken about most of them on the potty before. A uh, big one was my last corporate job. I was the same, like, just completely fucked. <laughs> my Seriously. mental health was really bad and I was being, you know, um, emotionally abused by my boss and I didn't think that I could leave. Um, how was that course corrected? Oh, it was course corrected because all of a sudden she decided one day that she wanted to take the power back. I think she could tell that I wanted to leave. And so she threatened to put me on a trial 
because I wasn't performing well, which just absolutely wasn't true. Okay. And that, um, that for me was like, no, I need to take my power back here. Like that was a massive course correction for me. Mm. Um, other times, yeah, relationships, you know, I've spoken about it before, but big relationship in my 20s. Um, that was a massive course correction for me. I could have I could have stayed in that and gone down a very, very, very precarious path. Yes, you know? yeah. Well, is that part of course correction, Jord? Is it kind of, I guess, a course correction comes up and you can choose to kind of lean into it and go with it or resist it and then it will continue to arise? Because what you're saying there is you could have gone down a very precarious path, but the course correction came up and you chose to go with it, right? Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes, yeah, you have a choice. I think sometimes also you don't have a choice. <laughs> totally. I mean, and I didn't really have a choice. Like, I, there's no way I could have stayed in that. It just, there's no way. Would have totally. Absolutely been in a mental hospital. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think, yeah, but I do think you have a choice and the more that you resist it, the more it's going to swing back at you and probably harder and faster. Yeah. And this is where being really in touch with your personal vibration and what feels authentic and in alignment to you and noticing when you're out of alignment and what signals your body sends you is a really nice way to go. And these are in course corrections, obviously, that you do have a level of control over to go, well, this job isn't serving me. I'm not feeling fulfilled. It's time for me to get back on track. Uh, and, and often when it's a larger scale piece, that's where it can really throw us because we seemingly don't and a lot of the time we don't have control over a mass course correction like what we're sitting in right now and that can feel scary yeah I think so too I think so too you know it's funny that you've mentioned personal vibration because you know I talk about it a lot and especially in the context of dating and as I'm at this point where I'm like oh dating bans being lifted and restrictions are being you know um lessened and is that right Less- yeah lessened lessened, lessened. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you, know, you say a word and you're like not a word is a word i love i know i know exactly what you mean you <laughs> except you just say it anyway <laughs> um restrictions are being lessened and but i feel i don't feel like my high vibe self at all i feel very depleted like i said so yeah. what's super important for me now and i wouldn't have done this in my 20s is to really take a few weeks, it might even be a couple of months, who knows how long it's going to take, but to get myself back to feeling my high vibrational self. Because if I was to step out now in the space that I'm in, I don't think I'd be attracting the person that I want to be with. Do you know what I mean? Totally, but I love this, Jordan, because what you're talking about is taking responsibility for self within the course correction. So you're looking at, okay, this is what I can't control and this is what I can control within that and I'm actually going to take responsibility for that rather than sit and wallow. And that's not to say that you're not going to feel impacted by things and feel stressed and all of these things, but it's also looking at that and going, okay, what can I do in this moment? Mm. And for you it is. It's rest. It's restoring your nervous system. It's looking after you first. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I was thinking of a recent course correction. Actually, there have been a couple. Uh, The first one is you guys would know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while that Trent and I were planning on a Byron Bay move and we were, it was all happening. Trent left his job. We were looking, there were places popping up and then they would randomly just be taken away. And at the time we didn't realize, but it was a course correction to staying where we are right now, because at the time we didn't realize what was going to happen, that we were going to have to be isolating and 
and all of these things. And I can reflect on that and go, right, it's not that it's not Byron forever. It's just that course correction was not yet wholly entrenched, not yet, you know? And that can often be a course correction, right? It's not necessarily this is um, finite. It's sometimes just hold off and trust in divine timing. Yeah, and also I think, you know, it, it, it plays into life path and soul contract sort of stuff. Like, I, you know, I, I've spoken a little bit about that relationship I was in last year that ended quite abruptly. And I, there were times where I would think, oh, God, you know, like I really, I really just wish that didn't end. Like it just feels like a very cruel joke that was played on me by the universe. But at the same time, I, I wrote an entire book when that relationship ended and the impact of that relationship shaped that book. Yeah. And I think, you know, like we just can't, we just, we can sit and we can grieve something, but we can't let ourselves wallow in it. Because then we're not heading on the path, whether it was the path we were meant to be on or a new path that's been gifted to us, if we're always mm. looking back, you know. Mm, exactly. And the purpose of this is just stepping on the path, allowing the path to unfold naturally. And if there's kind of like shrubbery or haziness blocking the view, which is the future or where this is headed, that's kind of the point. We're not meant to know everything. In fact, there's so much gift and wonder in the not knowing if we can surrender to that piece of, I guess it's a trust piece, right, Jordan? And, and thinking about moments in our lives where, yeah, they've been incredibly stressful and we've thought how am I going to get through this and then acknowledging well I'm here today and I did get through that and I'm you know we're, we're so much more resilient than we give ourselves credit for absolutely okay Reco, Holly what is your record this week can you believe I'm recording a tv show George no you woman <laughs> <laughs> So I messaged Jordan the other night, guys, because I'm watching a show. It's an Australian. How do they describe it, actually? Let me start that again. No, no, you describe it with your words. Okay. I'm going to describe it as. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, the reason that I can talk about TV shows now is because I'm a screen actor. So um, I'm going to describe it as an Australian thriller crime drama. Is that how you would describe it? I wouldn't describe it as a crime. I I mean, a crime is committed, but it's not about... There's not like, you know what I mean? I would describe it, yeah, as a drama thriller. Yeah. A a driller. It's a A driller. (laughs) So it's called The Secret She Keeps and we are halfway through. It's a six-part miniseries on Channel 10 and it is so It's so good. good. Australians do drama really, really well. Like very underrated. Well, no, they're not underrated. I mean, they're highly rated. I think Australians do drama brilliantly. Well, I've never really been one to watch TV full stop, but like Australian TV. And I am blown away with the acting, with the storyline, with the script analysis. Oh, no. (laughs) So we're halfway through, guys. You can catch up on 10 Play before next ep, which will be airing on Wednesday, Channel 10 at 8.45 p.m. after MasterChef. Uh, it's brilliant. I don't really want to give anything away though because there are lots of twists and turns. Stick with the first two episodes because by third episode it's like, <gasps> oh, my God. Yeah, it gets crazy in the third episode. Yeah, really good reco hole. I have a long list of great Australian dramas if you want to watch some. Is Pack to the Rafters one of them? No. <laughs> but I did love Pack to the Rafters back in the day. 
I've heard great things. <laughs> um, what about yours, Jord? Well, what hang you on, give them context for that. Guys, I had to learn a pack to the rafter script in my acting for screen drama class. I was Frankie. That's it, the end. <laughs> do you guys want me to do a little bit because I'll do it? No. no. So this is why Holly can an- an- analyse um, Australian scripts now because she's <laughs> done three acting classes. Literally. Four, Jord. Four. Oh, four. Sorry. <laughs> Um, how about you, Jordan? What are you recoing? This week I'm recoing a book. Um, it's called Untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's nonfiction, and I don't like reading nonfiction at all, oh. which is hilarious because that's what I write. But she is brilliant in every sense of the word. She um, wrote Love Warrior, which I'm sure many of you have you read Love Warrior, Hold? Negative. Oh my God, you would love that. Okay. It's so good. Um, it's about infidelity and it's about relationships and. Um, it was about her relationship with her husband, um, which soon ended after Love Warrior was actually, wow. I think it actually ended before it was printed, which is wild because it was all about the redemption of the marriage and then they got a divorce wow. and um, she left him for a woman and she married this very famous um, soccer player and now mm. they've got this beautiful blended family. Um, but this book is... It's brilliant. It's it's not um it's not a book that follows a narrative in any sense of the word. It's like lots of short anecdotes from her life. Yes. Um, and it's called Untamed because it's about sort of how we get caged by the world's expectations of us. Wow. And how we can break free from that. It is it is so incredible. I had so many aha moments through it. She's just got this profound wisdom, you know, she's very kind of Elizabeth Gilbert, Brene Brown kind of, I mean, they're all friends, but she's Love in that, that, she's in that kind of squad. You know? I'm excited because you voxed me and we're like, Holly, you need to get on this. And then that day I saw maybe three more people in Instagram stories sharing the book. I'm like, right. It's really in the zeitgeist right now. So I have it on order and it's making its way to me. I'm so excited. Yeah. It's really good. I I've almost finished it. And, um, I've only been reading it for like two days. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Jordana Levine, are you ready for this? Yeah. Guess that celebrity natal chart, Joe Exotic, a.k.a. Tiger King. (laughs) I mean, look, there's so many, like I said, like I've got so many ideas in my head, but they can't all fit into three placements. Mm. This is what I know about Joe Exotic. (laughs) <laughs> Tell me what you know about him, please. <laughs> He's very um, exuberant and yes. um, eclectic. Mm. He's also very emotional and explosive with his emotions. I think <laughs> he feels things quite deeply. The fact that he married two men and he couldn't just marry one, he had to marry two at the same time, yes. shows me that he's got Libra in there somewhere because he's got some sort of issues with love and choosing things <laughs> is that right yes oh, great. This, is this is brilliant i would never have gone there you are that is hilarious yeah you, he's got liver in there somewhere okay um he couldn't decide <laughs> he couldn't decide so he had both of them <laughs> oh my god um okay I, I don't want to put it anywhere i'll just keep it there for a minute I think there's a part of me that wants to say he's got Leo in him 
but I don't feel it's I don't know it just I still I'm like I get that he has qualities of Leo but I don't see Leo no is there no Leo well there's no Leo in in the front no but there is a Leo placement that will make sense when we talk at the other side okay yeah um I don't get any air signs from him because he's a terrible communicator. I mean, other than that Libra, but there's no totally. like Gemini or Aquarius in there. No. And I don't really get Earth from him either. Nope. Which is weird. So water and fire, but not Leo. Okay. Um, is his moon water? Yes. Okay, and is his Libra placement rising? Yes. Okay. Libra rising, water moon. Pisces moon? No. Okay. Cancer moon? Correct. Okay. So what? Cancer moon, Libra rising. Is his sun fire? No. Okay, so his sun's water? Yes. I don't know. I don't get Scorpio vibes off him. He's quite, he's actually quite soft, except when it comes to Carol Baskin. <laughs> I'd love to know what his Mars is. Is his Mars Scorpio? His Mars is Leo. Oh, oh, his Mars is Leo. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, Pisces Sun? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Fascinating. That is fascinating. Double water air. Pisces Pisces with a Cancer Moon Libra rising. Wild. Right? I'm surprised there's no fire in there. What's yeah, the his Mercury. Only, his Mercury is Aquarius and so is his Venus. Wow. He's actually got a lot of Aquarius pla- Aquarian placements, which explains, I guess, his eccentric, eccentric nature. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I did have a look at Carol Baskin. Yeah, what's Carol Baskin? I couldn't find her moon or rising. It was hard. Okay. But have a guess at her son. I actually don't know. Cancer? No, Gemini. Really? Yeah. She's a Gemini. She Her does Mars have crazy is. Eyes. She does have crazy yeah. eyes. Her Mars is in Leo, like Joe Exotics. They oh. share the same Mars, which is why they both just like hate each other. Um, on television. Mo- they hate each other on yeah, television. Okay. On television. <laughs> <laughs> They've become household names because of their hatred for one another. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag Leo. Um, and. <laughs> Her Mercury is in Cancer, so her sensitivity yeah. and her softness. I found I it. I think she's got a Water Moon. Totally, and maybe a Fire rising or an Air, another Air placement rising. Yeah, maybe. But that. she seems like a Pisces Moon to me. Totally, because she gets upset about things, and look, understandably, but like <laughs> she just wants to save, or maybe Aquarian, like she just wants to save the world. I reckon if you looked at hers and Joe Exotic's natal charts and did like a compatibility thing, they'd probably be quite compatible. Mm-hmm. That was a really fun one. Yeah, That was so fun. Thanks, Jess Silsby. Great suggestion. Love that. And, guys, if you have suggestions for Guess That Celebrity Natal Chart, always let us know. Please let us know. It's so fun. Okay, Holt, we're going to decipher a um, listener's dream. How exciting. And we're doing this live. Holly hasn't read the dream yet, so I'm totally springing it on her. Okay. I'm going to close my eyes. 
Yes. It's quite long-winded, so I'm going to try and do the abbreviated version of it. Cool. I was in my bedroom and spotted a tiny black garden spider crawling around on the legs of my bed. It was pretty quick and I couldn't get to it to squish it. Anyway, I wasn't scared at this point and figured it was only small and I'd just leave it be. Fast forward a little bit and I'm heading to bed. After I got into bed, I remembered the spider and got a little freaked out and I decided I couldn't sleep until I'd found it and killed it. I managed to find it, still just under my bed running around on the legs. I left the room to get spray to kill it. When I came back into the room, the spider was a little bigger and like yellow and striky now. The only thing I could find to kill it was a cream. So I had that and my mum came in the room to help me. It crawled on top of my bed, onto the headboard, and the closer it got to me, the bigger it got. Mm. I'm talking it ended up bigger than my hand and still yellow. My mum stopped it from moving literally just by putting her finger on its body and I squeezed, squeezed some of this cream onto it. It kind of started eating the cream, stopped squirming, and then as I was trying to squeeze out more of the cream to finish it off, it opened its mouth, and I freaked out, seized up, and woke up absolutely terrified and shaking. Even typing it out, I'm getting freaked out all over again. Okay. Okay, wait. There's a bit of a backstory. Side note, my mum is also terrified of spiders, so the fact that she touched it is bizarre. I also would never normally leave it. B, especially if it's in my room. Also, it was my first night alone at my parents' house after spending probably the last two weeks straight with my boyfriend between both of our houses, but not sure if that's relevant. Okay, good backstory. I'm just going to go with what intuitively came up in listening to this. Uh, Obviously, it's not about a spider. The spider is a a symbol for something, and I don't know what, you know, you can Google what spiders symbolise in dreams or totems, but I'm not going with that. I'm not looking into that. I actually feel the fact that it's connected with the listener and her mother, there is some kind of, I don't want to, like, uh, challenge emotional situation that has been avoided and it could be familial because the mum was there to kind of help uh, that could be from childhood or something that's actually an emotional challenge mm-hmm. that the closer that you look at it, the scarier it feels. So it's better to avoid it or squash it. Yeah. But what the dream is saying is trial you might to avoid or squash this, but I'm not going anywhere. And in fact, I'm going to get bigger and feel more uncomfortable. So what I would say is, I don't know if this is landing at all, but what what do you feel intuitively, listener, is the spider representing in your life? What is something happening or going on at an emotional level that feels a little bit uncomfortable, but you can kind of bear with it when you don't look too closely at it? But if you were to go down that rabbit hole of actually unpicking your stories or your wounds, it actually feels quite scary and traumatic where you'd need to enlist the help of someone trustworthy to help manage this. Um And not with just a gentle cream because the cream feels like a Band-Aid solution. Mm. And this feels like a, like, let's go there now and do this work and you can be safe in it and it doesn't have to get to the point where something is going to attack and harm you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I don't know because it's a dream, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think when you read it? I haven't deciphered it. I mean, that sounds good enough to me. Yeah. I do know that spiders are about creativity usually. Um, and spinning your own web. So perhaps you've created your own problem, you know? Yeah, and I also think the bed is an important um, thing to look at as well. And beds are where we go to rest. It's where we go to, like, 
unwind. It's where we go to relax. And so the fact that this is encroaching in your place of rest and relaxation is like, okay, this is becoming a bit of a challenge here. Let's dive deeper into what's actually going on beneath the surface. Mm. I don't know, guys. I'm not a dream decipherer. Is that the word? (laughs) (laughs) It is now. (laughs) Um, I had some crazy dreams last night. It was the Scorpio full moon last night when we're recording this. And they were just so whack. It was like, you know, when stuff just gets pulled from like your deep, deep subconscious and you haven't thought about it in so long. And then there it is like star roll in your dream. And you're like, what? Yeah. And you're like, this is more than a dream. Yeah. Well, it it was, I woke up and I was so like exhausted and just like, I felt fried from it. Do you want to know my dreams last night? It was so funny. I was in the Britney Spears slave for you video clip. And then it quickly changed to Rihanna rude boy. (laughs) <laughs> what were you a, a, da- a dancer yeah I was just kind of observing what was happening and then being in it and then being out I was they were quite like I don't know if it was like female sexual promiscuity because they're quite like promiscuous film clips I don't know so that they were actually enjoyable that's two <laughs> podcast episodes in a row where you've talked about promiscuity oh my god what is this mean Holly guys if you want to join us in the middle membership we're still having fun in there we've got our weekly energy reads that go up every friday uh we do wine night on wednesday nights except last week because i didn't want to and um we've got our monthly coaching calls we've got a new one coming up at the end of may yes we'd love to see you in there guys so you just jump on into the facey group and search the middle membership and you'll be able to join us over there or you can click the link of this episode um, or the link in our Instagram bio. You've been listening to The Middle with your hosts, Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. Join our Facebook group. Just search The Middle Podcast. And while you're there, why not slide on into The Middle Membership? We're also on Instagram. Just search The underscore Middle underscore Podcast. Catch you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.